Welcome to the Lead to Men podcast. I'm your host, James Haley. This podcast is dedicated to helping Christian men become better leaders at home and in the church. This week's guest is Laron Woodard, a published author and motivational speaker that will share how his gift has helped him to overcome the adversity in his life and how discovering your gift can do the same for you. Leading Men is a listener-supported podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, you can help us in a number of ways. First, you can subscribe for free on iTunes and give us a five-star review. Your reviews will help us with our visibility and help us reach more men. Second, you can share this podcast with your friends, family, and your men's group. Finally, you can provide a donation on our website at leadingmennow.com slash donate. That's leadingmennow.com slash donate. My favorite resource for the week is the book, Just Say the Word, a simple way to increase your passion for God and your wife by Sam Ingracia. If we are honest with ourselves, most men would have to admit that we don't pray with our wives nearly enough. And no, saying grace at the dinner table is not enough. This book will lead you and your wife to a fresh dimension in your spiritual walk together. So men, do yourselves a favor, buy the book, pray with your wife, and reap the benefits of a stronger marriage. Link to this book will be posted in our show notes on our website at leadingmennow.com. That's leadingmennow.com. And now, let's talk with Laron Woodard. Today, I want to talk to motivational speaker, published author, family man, entrepreneur, Mr. Laron Woodard. Laron, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, sir. No problem. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, Laron. Well, I am a survivor of 16 brain surgeries, 40 years old, published author, like you said, motivational speaker. I've been married to my beautiful wife, Patrice Woodard, for going on 16 years, my high school, uh, well, college sweetheart. And we have two beautiful children, Kiana, 17, and Cameron, 16. And I'm a business owner. I own a laundromat, uh, Optimum Wash Corn Laundry in uh, the Walker Homes area. I've been there for a little over eight years now. And I absolutely love to share my story of hope, inspiration, and motivation after surviving all those surgeries and and just love blessing God's people. Okay, so 16 surgeries? 16 brain surgeries, sir. Yes, sir. Now, I think most people listening are just mind blown. How can someone, first of all, survive 16 surgeries, let alone seemingly have a what seems like a normal life and being an entrepreneur? I mean, how did you get through all of that? My faith in God, first and foremost, is unshakable. I do realize and I do understand that he's in control. And everything that I go through is for a reason, a purpose, and it's by design. And my family's faith in God helped shape mine. So if I didn't have a strong family support system when I was younger, growing up to adulthood, I definitely wouldn't have the type of faith that I have now. 
Tell us a little bit about more about that support system because we know know people who've been through probably a third of what you've been through and mm-hmm. probably have an eighth of the faith and perseverance that you have. So tell me how they help shape that in you. Well, one thing about it is I was primi- I was primarily raised, of course, by well, I'm gonna say it like this. I was heavily influenced, I'll say it like that, heavily influenced by my mother, my grandmother, praying women, God-fearing women. My stepfather was there, he raised me, yes he was, yes he did, but the women in my life helped shape the, the definite faith part of my life. Church every Sunday, sometimes twice Bible study Sunday school that type of deal it was a it it was just the norm it was a routine it was something that we had to do and we enjoyed doing so being around that every single day every single week couldn't help but get down in it Okay, you said you went through about 16 surgeries. I know some are, I'm sure that some are going to be harder than others. I don't know, at some point you may have become an old pro, no, but tell me about the worst of your surgeries that you went through. Well, I'll start from the beginning and say that the condition that I have is called hydrocephalus, and hydrocephalus is fluid on the brain. The street term for lack of a better word, is waterhead. You've heard people say that often, jokingly, whatever the case may be, I can't stand it. But hydrocephalus means fluid on the brain, and I'm 40 years old now, born on 41, but years before I was born, people perished from hydrocephalus because the doctors didn't know how to handle it. They didn't know what to do. So I thank God for technology, okay? Technology saved my life through prayers and, you know, God's hands, et cetera. Technology. And the technology that I'm speaking of is a device that was created called a shunt. Picture your earbuds that go in in your phone. That's what a shunt looks like. It's a a thin piece of plastic tubing. Now it's connected behind my ear and it drains down my neck and into my left lung but it did drain into my stomach and so throughout my life i've had various shunt revisions a lot of them in the earlier years was due to growth and things like that but to answer your question more in detail in 1987 i experienced seven brain surgeries at the age of 11 from February to June. One of those particular surgeries, around about the fifth or sixth surgery, I was awake, James. Well, better yet, not awake. Let me go back. Let me go back some years. Let me go back three more years. 1984, and then I speed up to 87. In 1984, I'm eight going on nine years old. That particular surgery there, 
the anesthesia wasn't strong enough to put me fully to sleep. I felt every cut. I heard the doctor speaking. I felt the nurses holding my hand. Traumatic at eight years old. But I never gave up. I always had the desire to get to my next level, which was my next grade, the next day of my life, whatever the case may be. So, yes, I, I had started speaking about 87. 87, 11, going on 12. From February to June, seven surgeries that year, seven brain surgeries. Around about that fifth or sixth surgery, I lapsed into a coma. When I lapsed into that coma, James, I was in it for about a week. When I awakened from that coma, when I woke up, I was blind. I couldn't see, I couldn't talk, I couldn't walk, I could not control my functions. But I never gave up on myself. And the prayers of my family members and friends, church members, etc., everybody praying for me. But ultimately, it was my never give up spirit and my faith that made me sad. I have to heal up, and I have to heal up fast. I had a next level that I wanted to get to. My simple next level at that time was just to get to the seventh grade, to not be behind, get to the seventh grade with my friends on time. And so I pushed through all that pain, all those surgeries, all of that rehab, all of those therapies, et cetera, to get to my next level now like I said a lot of people listen to that and just like I said mind blown and like I said we're going through not nearly what you went through as a child dealing with a, being awake during a brain surgery but you still made it through and had to wherewithal to go through it because of your faith what can you say to men that are listening right now that are going through some rough times ready to give it up maybe we suicide just quit walk away from marriages whatever they want to quit what do you say to them how do what can how can they find what you found and get through it to absolutely change your life and live the life that you desire and that God created for you it's in one word, gift. And I'll expand it and say, your God-given gift. He gave all of us something special that only we possess to share with the world. And once we define that gift and walk in that gift on purpose, being intentional about it, everything about our life, everything that we want in our life, we can have. It'll chase us down instead of us chasing it. Okay? And what I tell people when I speak to them, your gift, now this is my definition, this is not Webster's. Your gift is that thing 
that you do well and would do it anyway for free and it blesses people that's your gift I'm here speaking to you now because I've been walking in my gift doing it intentionally on purpose my gift was blessing people with my story James that's what's opening up doors for me. It's not what I necessarily learned in school. It's not necessarily a trade that I picked up along the way. It was already in me. That's it. Okay. That's very deep. So how can I find my gift? Honestly, to understand the definition of what I just gave. And truly ponder on it. It took me about two months to ponder. Two months to 90 days to really ponder on it. How it came about is I read Steve Harvey's book, Act Like a Success, Think Like a Success. And he spoke about gift. And his gift was laughter. Making people laugh. So when... I read that and I pondered on it for a minute. I'm like, what is my gift according to his definition? Okay. And I'm like, okay, my gift is motivating people and blessing people with my story. So then I flipped his definition and made it my own. And that's the definition I gave you. Gift, that thing that you do well and would do it anyway for free and it blesses people your gift makes room for you bible says that so the room meaning provision meaning opportunities meaning income will chase you down once you walk in your gift you have to define it so you have to think what is it that i do well and I would really do it anyway for free. And it blesses somebody. That's it. Once you define that gift, I'm assuming that probably leads to you to finding your purpose in life. Tell us a little bit more about finding your purpose. Once you define your gift, your purpose will be revealed to you. And your purpose could be more than just one thing. But it'll be all up under one umbrella. Okay. Once I realized what my gift was. Then I understood that my purpose. Is to motivate people. First and foremost to let them know that God is real. He created you in his image. He gave you a gift. That will help you live the life of abundance that you desire. So when I speak to people, I help them to define what their gift is. The gift is not in your job. The gift is not in your hustle. You already possess it. It's as simple as that. Once I find my gift and find my purpose, obviously there are going to be some challenges as you go through it. 
how do you find the energy to keep going through all the no's and the rejections while you're still trying to live out your purpose and your gift? Well, you know what, Mr. Haler? When you are doing the right thing, going in the right direction, obstacles going to come in your way. Period. You're going to have naysayers. Everything under the sun going to happen to you. All of that is just to see where your faith lies. Does it lie in man? Does it lie in your bank account? Does it lie in your spouse? Where does your faith lie? And once you strengthen that faith, you can keep on pushing. Meditation and meditation plus prayer helps me tremendously. Now, meditation is not prayer. Prayer is not meditation. When you meditate, you're not speaking. What you're doing is you're closing your eyes in a posture where you can hear yourself think. All you're doing is breathing God in, breathing God out, clearing your mind of all the junk. And right before you get ready to open your eyes, you're going to hear the Spirit say, James, do so-and-so. So what I would tell anybody is to meditate at least once to twice a year. What it's going to do is going to give you a road map for your next few months. I meditate every January for certain. And it gives me a roadmap for this entire year. It's going to say, LaRon, do so-and-so right before I get ready to open my eyes every day, right? Right out, right every daily meditation, right before I open my eyes, I'm going to hear the Spirit say, LaRon, do so-and-so. Go write it down. That's the roadmap. Do it for seven days straight. Follow it. Watch what's going to happen. Interesting, you talk about meditation. You know, people of faith, we often talk about prayer, but we don't hear a lot of talk about meditation. Where did you learn about meditation? I learned meditation over the past five years, five and a half years or so. I've acquired a lot of mentors. Okay. And I've been a part of different organizations where they helped me cultivate my gifts, learn more about myself and better myself. And one of the lessons that we learned or were taught was on meditation, to try it. And I tried it one year. I've been meditating for certain for about three years now. And every year I meditate, I get something. And 
you know, and, and I'm going to say the difference. In prayer, a lot of us pray with our emotions. We cry. We nervous, whatever the case may be. But I've learned that what you think about, what you speak about, and what you become emotional about in your life, you bring that into your life. So I watch my words. I watch my thoughts. I watch my actions. Even though you think you're praying, you still speaking it in the atmosphere. So if you're praying fear, if you're praying negativity, it's just going to come right back to you. You are what you attract. What you want in life, you have to speak that thing. This opportunity here, I didn't see this particular opportunity coming, but I spoke of, Lord, give me opportunities, more opportunities to bless more people. And that's why we're here right now. So meditation is clearing your mind, allowing yourself to focus. Complete focus. Prayer my definition, you speaking to God, thanking God, asking God for what it is that you desire. You thanking him for who he is and thanking him for what he's done, what he's doing, and what he will do in your life. Let's go back to your gift. Um, your gift is sharing your story. One of the ways you do that is um, from your book. Tell me about your book. The title of my book, Mr. Haley, is From a Dead Man to a Perpendicular Life, 13 Brain Surgeries, Economic and Relationship Challenges. I've been developing this story minimum since I was 12. Like I said, when I started telling my testimony in church. So... Me starting to tell my testimony in church, hundreds of people wasn't scared to do it at 12. And I saw how I was blessing people. And so individuals at church, they called me up from time to time, tell your testimony in church, so on and so forth. So I do that. And then over the years, I saw myself just telling my testimony to whoever I could come across. And I saw that it was blessing them. But somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way, I thought that people got tired of me speaking about my testimony. I, got, I thought that they got tired of hearing it. So I stopped telling it for probably about 15, 20 years. But when I had brain surgery number 13 in 2009, I was at home, sitting on the couch, bandaged on the left side of my head, at home, healing up, remoting my right hand, watching TV. 
Nobody at home with me. Everybody gone. School, work, my wife, everything, they gone. I literally heard the voice of God loud and clear say, LaRon, stop being ashamed of the blessings that I've given you. Tell your story and put it in a book. It was like he was six inches from my face, pointing at me, shaking his finger, telling me to tell my story and put it in a book. It scared me so bad, Mr. Haley. I searched for four years for somebody to help me write my book. I found that, that company, and I took full advantage of it. I wrote my story in 60 to 75 days. I set a record with Get Success Publishing in Augusta, Georgia. That's the name of the publishing company. I wrote from sunup to sundown from straight memory. Because I kept it in my head because I testified all the time. I told all you. Know. So everything in my book was from memory. I don't have many pictures. I wrote a story. And because I was obedient to God's voice, and I wrote that book, opportunities are knocking my door down, chasing me. And more to come. What have been people's reaction to your book? Majority of the people, and I'm going to say 99% of the individuals that read my book, Mr. Haley, read my book in one sitting. They don't want to put it down. They say it's a page turner. They love it. It inspires them. They tell their friends about it. They call me up because my, my information is in the book to call me, to uh, get in contact with me. So it inspires people. And all, and all I did was be obedient to God's word. That's it. And from that, several opportunities have come my way, you know, I, I've written a couple other books. Well, uh, I, I have written a couple other books. Um, the next one that did get published was me and my wife's book, Unbreakable Love. We've been married for 18 years, uh, well, going on 19 years. And, well, let me, let me take that back. We've been together for going on 19 years, married for almost 16 years, and we wrote about our relationship 18-plus years. And that's blessing people a lot, too. Marriages need to be strengthened. And so the next person that I helped write a book was my our daughter, Kiana. She's 17. She became a published author at 15. She was a victim of bullying and sexual assault. And we found that out. And the counselor had her write her story as a part of her healing and welcomed us in. Uh, the last day of her counseling and read it to her. And I just had a bright idea to turn her book, I mean, her turn that story into a book. She's a published author. She goes around with me speaking to youth and, you know, just blessing people all over the place too. I didn't realize it was that many people that had been bullied and sexually assaulted. 
And so that's what the Woodard family does. Yes, sir. Lord, I want to hear a little more about your daughter um, and the sexual assault. You know, uh-huh. I don't have a daughter, but I can imagine most men have a daughter and they hear that this has happened to their daughter. It's just a horrible feeling because, you know, as men, we want to protect our daughters. Mm-hmm. But other men have had something similar happen to their daughters. How, how do you handle that? Because I know it meant a lot of feelings of anger, frustration, and revenge. I mean, what do you say to men who've had children that have gone through this? What it took for us to get through that period, plenty of prayer, plenty of counseling, and plenty of Speaking positivity into my daughter's life, our daughter's life. Letting her know how great she is. Letting her know that what happened to her does not define her. It's a piece of her story. It's a piece of her life. She has to tell it so that she can bless other people. And now that her confidence level is is on high now, she's able to stand in front of a crowd and talk about it without breaking down so bad. So with parents that have a daughter, a child, period, that goes through sexual assault and or bullying, they have to strengthen their relationship. They have to rally around their child. They have to find help. And they have to do it immediately. My daughter tried to hurt, harm herself on a couple of, few occasions. You know? It was really something to have to hide all the knives in the house, have to hide all the scissors, lock them up. Had to do all that. So you have to be almost overly compassionate. You can't necessarily put yourself in their shoes, but you have to extend your heart and really be understanding and definitely not play the blame game. Why you do such and such? Why you didn't do... You cannot play the blame game. That's that's only going to allow the child make the child go back in reverse go back in the shell go back to harm himself you don't want that yeah Uh, well for people who want to learn more about you how can they find out more about you 
to find out more about LaRon Woodard, I definitely don't mind giving my phone number out. My telephone number is area code 901-505-8035. The website, uh, my personal website for my book to purchase my book and things like that, you can also call me and I'll get you a book. But you can go to my website, www.laronwoodard.com, and that's spelled L-A-R-O-N-E, Woodard, W-O-O-D-A-R-D, dot com laronwoodard.com and if you want to book me for an event go to book laronwoodard.com right thank you brother woodard we appreciate you blessing us on the day thank you sir that was laron woodard a man on a mission to bless others with the with the gift of his life story if you were touched by laron and would love to hear more from him you can go to his website at LaronWoodard.com. That's LaronWoodard.com. Or email him at BookLaronWoodard at Yahoo.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Leading Men Now. And also, let's continue the conversation with the hashtag Leading Men Now. That's hashtag Leading Men Now. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.